More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Okay, welcome to Renegade Talk.fm in Maui. My name is Richie, along with uh, Marla and Mark, who's uh, hanging out in Boston. Of course, we have Sasha. You're listening to Extraterrestrial Contact. And Janet. The portal to the cosmos. Extraterrestrial Contact. 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 To the portal. The portal to the cosmos. That's what I just said. Didn't I just say that? Extraterrestrial Contact. Hi, Janet. Hi, Hi, baby. Looking good, baby. Hi, Sash. What's up? To extra well, we're, we've got a dynamite program tonight. We, are, we have a dynamite program tonight? Thank yeah, you, All Sasha. about abductions and contact. So we're going to be talking about abductions on uh, extraterrestrial contact. And, in, and, and, and coming up in the second part of the show, we're going to have another person who was abducted by a UFO by the name of Tommy. And he's from North Jersey, but now hangs out in Maui. And we'll have him on to tell, so he can tell everybody uh, around the world. He made a smart choice when he moved to Maui. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Marla, for that. Um, for that, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Anyway, he's going to tell us about his abduction and how everything went. And of course, we have Sasha here, and we have Janet. And, and Janet told us one story last week. Okay, we'll get into that story yeah. in a minute. And we like to thank Renegade Nation for downloading. We had to take a few days off because we had so much going on. We really appreciate it, as you well know, Renegade Nation. Thank you for all of the downloads, and of course, and they're listening to you, Sasha. Am- amazing, all the emails that are coming through for you. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, you're such a share. you're a smart man. I'm just uh, a person who studied hard. <laughs> and <laughs> continues. And continues to study hard. Because that's you. all he has to do is study hard. Yeah. And Janet, how, how you been? I've been great. Oh, I'm so excited about our show. Are you happy to see me again? I am. Oh, thank <laughs> you. That my, made me feel good. My tail always wags. Yes, uh, your tail's it. wagging when you see me. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, okay. it's rich. Anyway, in the news, uh, this happened on Monday, Renegade Nation. Take note of this. Get your pads and pe- pencils out. A UFO was reported by a private pilot flying over Denver on Monday evening, which which was close enough for his corporate jet for him to make an excited call to air traffic controllers. What do you think he was saying, Sash? Oh, my fucking God! <laughs> they were only able to report back that no other objects could be seen on the radar at that time, but this guy's freaking out at 8,000 feet, thinking there's a UFO flying around him. Well, if there were, he thought it, I'm sure it was. The unidentified flying object, as we call it, what? I'm afraid it's identified. I, if I really <laughs> identified, if I'm a pilot, I might get fired. It, it, it's identified. Yes. This identified flying object was not described as yet by the anonymous pilot, but it alarmed him enough to report that something just went by the other way, <laughs> and presumably he had to take evasive action to avoid it. Of course, the ostrich media is covering this up in the FAA. Would you agree, Sasha? I think that uh, there's people that know exactly where these objects are and whether they're ours or theirs. And uh, there's a big cover-up. Although this incident doesn't conform to the classic UFO sighting, quote-unquote, the fact remains the object is still a mystery to the FAA. That stands for Federal Aviation Administration, if you didn't know that. And the flight controllers monitoring the aircraft's flight over Denver's airspace. Now, they're speculating that this object may have been a large bird at 8,000 feet. (laughs) All right. Let's smoke some doobie, everybody. (laughs) Okay. Did you take your hit, Sasha? No, the evidence is so overwhelming. There's UFOs that we see all the time. Mass fleets of them over Mexico City, over the Dome of the Rock. This is just another incident. All the other major countries of the United, except the United States, recognize this. Even the Vatican, but the U.S. Uh, uh-uh, uh, it'll disappear from the news. Like, like I said, they are speculating that this object, this identified flying object, may have been a large bird. What kind of bird <laughs> yeah, do you no. think that would be, Jen? Pterodactyl. Yeah, you know, something. Was a dinosaur bird? Dinosaur bird. Oh, yeah, the pterodactyl. It was a yeah. dinosaur bird because I saw one the other night in Maui. It's dinosaur. <laughs> Sure, seeing the USA in her flying Chevrolet. Dinosaur. <laughs> Dinosaur. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, we're giving her age. Showing his age. Yeah. I read that on the internet, by the way. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, it seems unlikely as pilots are very well trained to recognize birds. Yeah. I know how to recognize a bird myself, but I'm not, I'm not really. No, I'm not a pilot, but I would recognize I my, a bird. I look at my bird every night. Yes. Um, and from the sound of the pilot's voice, the object was too. Uh, was, was much too large to be a bird. So here we go with the bullshit from the ostrich right. media. Uh, Sasha, you're a very smart gentleman. Could you, could you explain, do birds fly at 8,000 feet? No, there's no birds up there. This was a... a uh, it was an identified flying object, right? Identified flying object, either from our uh, bl- black projects or from the aliens, the watchers. The watchers. Now, officials also point out, I don't know who the officials are, 
uh, they just say officials. They point out that this, that this object, which is an identified flying object, may have been a, a remote-controlled aircraft, perhaps the kind enjoyed by hobbyists. So that means I'm going to go to <laughs> Toys R Us, and I'm going to go find myself a little uh, plane, and I'm going to fly it at 8,000 feet yeah. in the air and uh, crash into some building or some airplane. Uh, Sasha, explain this to me. Why these people are feeding us this line of bullshit? Um, oh, crap. The aliens have visual probes. They can. It well may be, but I don't think it's exactly... <laughs> Uh, our our guys caring that much about what a commercial uh, airliner is doing. This is something else. They're saying we are here. Get hip. Contact <laughs> us. Ask for contact. We can help you. We're you asking, guys are in trouble. We're asking right now. Please contact us. Please contact us. Please help us. Yes, help. help now that help. this scenario, the, wa- the water is melting. This scenario, the land will all go okay, away. Marla, this scenario also seems unlikely since this incident occurred at eight thousand feet in the sky. Duh. Duh. I think Duh. I said that in the beginning. And RC airplanes don't usually fly that high. RC means remote uh, control. control. Yeah, but who? Where are they controlled from? Yeah. They're controlled from up there. <laughs> Maybe it was the UFO that sent the identified flying object, right. and they remote controlled it from the other side of the moon. That's a possibility. That's a possibility. Now, <clears throat> Renegade Nation, get ready for this. The last scenario cited by the FAA experts, what the fuck is an expert? I don't mm-hmm. know. Was that the UFO may have been a surveillance drone. I believe everything that they tell me. <laughs> I surely do. Do you believe that, Sasha? Who's watching whom? Who yeah. is watching who? Zim and who? Are you saying that it could have been Balloon Boy floating <laughs> across the prairie? I believe you vanilla motherfuckers. Wake up. This guy is a pilot flying a corporate jet and saw an object in the sky going past him. And he went, oh, look at that. What the hell is that? Oh, my fucking God. The population of the world is ready for the truth. We're not going to panic. We've known it for quite some time. There are aliens working on this planet, and we need their help. Now, listen to this. Renegade Nation, police and local governments have begun using such devices to monitor the skies over their jurisdictions. And a national debate is currently underway as to whether or not such drones, as they are called, are appropriate or legal to fly over U.S. airspace. I find that to be absolutely ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's all bullshit from the ostrich media. I think we need to do. Yeah, we need to do a study on this, Rich. It still doesn't answer the question why the UFO is not picked up by radar. Yeah, there you go. Sasha. They really think we're yeah. stupid. They can certainly shelter from radar. So it's stealth then. It's, of course. It's stealth, it's stealth. and it's so, and Janet, you would, can you explain, like, you've been one, in one of these UFOs, apparently, Well, right? yeah, I don't know if it's that one, but, yeah. But it was one of them. Okay, it wasn't yeah. that one. Do you, she doesn't know exactly which one. Okay, it didn't have a number on it or anything? No, they didn't. It's not like ours. It, SS945 uh, SS or something? Yeah. No. Okay. Moon, moon zone or something. You're entering the moon zone. Yes. Okay. So, the FAA continues to investigate this event, and more details will be reported as allegedly will become. (laughs) They will be reported as they become available. I don't think so. I don't think so either. What do you think? Bullshit. What could have caused this incident? Should the government be allowed to use surveillance drones over American cities? (laughs) (laughs) No. I believe everything they tell me. There we go. So today we're going to be talking about UFOs and what we where we left off from. I just had to let everybody know about that. Yeah, it was, it, and I found out from the, our co-host in Boston about this story. So it's been covered up. Mm-hmm. I I went to Drudge. I went to all these different, and I found. Yeah, it. Mark told us last night. I no, no, this morning, honey. Was that this morning? Yeah, it was this morning. Mm-hmm. To me, time is endless. Yeah, in time Hawaii. is endless. I'm sorry. So, so if it's if it's somebody surveillance, if it's surveillance, what are they surveilling? Yeah, they surveilling. Why aren't they stepping up? Say, hey, it's ours. Hey, my question is, if it's at eight thousand feet in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere what are they what are they what are they doing surveillance on the deers and the there? bears <laughs> yeah the, the they looking for to put a new walmart store up or something they're creating <laughs> incidents to call attention to themselves in their presence okay thank you Sasha. so how okay so how do you get the now you said the watchers and then there's another group from the yeah there's from there's many many types of extraterrestrials operating here on, mm-hmm. on earth yeah, uh, from the very, very early times, some of them look like what, what we conceive of as the greys, and some of them look like just great, big, tall, 
regular human beings. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest contacts was a mass rape at the uh, wedding of Marduk way back in Sumerian ter- times. He insisted on, uh, this is one of the guys from Nibiru, he insisted on marrying an earthling, a beautiful earthling, and they said, well, you're going to get out of the line of succession for kingship if you do that. And he said, I'm going to do it anyway. And his uh, watchers, the astronaut corps that ran the... Uh, space station and stuff came down for his wedding and as soon as he got married to Sarpanet they seized 200 of the most beautiful earthling women and took them back to Baalbek and said okay Enlil Yahweh we got control of things you're going to recognize our marriages now and uh, we're going to stay on earth and so he was uh, Yahweh was forced to make a compromise so, Sasha, so this UFO might have been looking for hot-looking women to that's take. What, <laughs> that's what they were looking for then. They, they, so they might still be looking for it now. That, that, uh, matter of fact, that, yes, the breeding, the, uh, breeding uh, oh, there's yeah, a whole the bunch of, of, the, of, of the abductions actually have involved a breeding program. Okay, so, Sasha, you, can t- you mean to tell me that Janet and Marla will be leaving us? They're going to be abducted. Well, Janet may have already uh, made the trip. I mean, you, yeah. You've already made the trip. Marla <laughs> needs to make the trip. Marla, we don't I'm know. tripping yeah. out Mar- on other stuff. Yeah, Marla, <laughs> Marla needs to take. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, being abducted by a UFO. And, of course, Janet's going to get into that. And, plus, we have a guest caller uh, on the line. And he's also going to. Tommy. T- Tommy wants to talk about okay, his. Okay, who's Tommy now? Tell us who Tommy is. Well, Tommy, um, you know, we. I don't know if he wants his, his last no, name. No, you don't used. need to do no. that. Just no. say Tommy. Tommy's from um, Maui now. And I met him. And and he has experiences with uh, aliens and Bigfoot. He works with people when they oh, look great. for Bigfoot. Oh, great. And we don't know if Bigfoot is terrestrial or extraterrestrial, so there's, I'm sure he'll tell us more about Bigfoot. Okay, and you're also going to explain more about the yeah, uh, abduction, I, and also we're going to get more into the religion uh, part of this and where all this combines itself. We could do this for days and nights. We could do this for hours and hours <laughs> on end because it's, it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. Anyway, you're listening to Renegade Talk FM in Maui. My name is Richie, along with uh, Marla and, of course, Janet and Sasha. Extraterrestrial contact. Here we come. We'll be right back. You're listening to Extraterrestrial Contact, the portal to the cosmos. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to Renegade Talk. FM in Maui. Extraterrestrial Day, Thursday. You're listening to Extraterrestrial Contact. Along with Rich. The portal to the cosmos. And Marla, Sasha, and Janet. And we have a caller on the line, Tommy. Hey, Janet. How are you? Hi. <laughs> We're having a little bit of uh, technical difficulties. Uh, testicle difficulties, I like say. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? Now, you know, we're okay. having... We're we're having a great time. We're enjoying this. Yeah, what is it, Marla? Can you think about that? Yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah, you think about it and get back to us in a half an hour. Yeah, we'll do that. Anyway, we'd like to welcome Tommy to the show. And Janet? Hi. Hey, Tommy. Uh, Hello, we, greetings. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Uh, we'd like you to share a little bit about your experiences that you've had with uh, aliens and extraterrestrials. Can you maybe go back in time and start with the first time you had an encounter and describe what you saw and what happened? Well, my life kind of started when I was like six years old as far as the UFO realm goes. I was with my brother in a hospital in Jersey City and we were having our tonsils taken out. And when you're little, I guess at that time, which was a long time ago, they put you in these cribs with these four bars on the side of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was three of us in a room. It was a, 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 a kid across from me and my brother was closer to the window on the other side of the room. And uh, they give you all this stuff, and then they say, okay, be prepared, because we're going to go to sleep, and then they're going to take our tonsils out. So uh, it was midnight, roughly, and all of a sudden my brother is in his crib, standing up a back against the back of it, screaming. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, he, and he's calling my name. He's going, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. And I was little, but I jumped over the crib fence, and I was, when I went running towards the window, this giant ball of light was coming straight up into the window, right up to the hospital. And it was like, I would say, maybe 40, 50 feet from the, from the window itself. I don't know what came over me, but I put my hands up on both sides of the window and just stared at it. 
Wow. And it and it just shot right back out into space. And at that point, I just felt like I was protected, I, and I didn't know why or anything. Wow. But it was it was the first starting point in my life of that kind of a situation to come into it. Mm-hmm. Did your but, did your brother see it as well, and and the other? Uh, well, he he saw it, and he was screaming because it was coming towards him. And he thought it was just going to take him. And then, like I said, I jumped right in front of him, in front of the crib, and just put my hands on the windows, not not even knowing why. So you felt protective? And well, I was protected, and I did protect him because it did shoot right back out into space. Wow. Wow. So, so, Sasha, based on that story, they're after young babies now. What a story. They're after young humans that are naturally are not diseased by, by the society. They're very interested in young humans. Now, usually what we find is when people have encounters like that, they have them all their lives. So did did you have this um, any f- uh, further experiences with these lights, or did it um, turn into beings? Well, Tell us more. From, from that point on, for about six, uh, from, from the time I was six years old to the time I was 12, I was being visited by a deity. Could you explain uh, that? What is a deity? I, I didn't know who the deity was when I was little. What did, what, did it, what did it look like? It was Green Tower. Oh, wow. And I found out when I was 25, I started working with the Tibetan master, and he says, do you know who you're working with? And I said, no. And he actually told me. But by the time I was 12, I was living in a house, I think, in back of, like, the main street in uh, North Bergen. And we heard this noise. And my friend was staying over my house, and we went walking downstairs, and we, we both jumped because there was a being, like, standing right in the middle of my living room. Um, my, it was, we walked down from the living room into the kitchen, and there was this being standing right in the middle. It kind of was, like, about six, seven feet. Wow. The body was human, but it had a head like a cat. Wow. That's cool. So Did it speak? We... It didn't speak. It was just walking, and it was like walking around the back of, of the side of my my kitchen. Had this centerpiece, and it was going around the back side of it. Mm, and it wasn't Halloween. <laughs> no, it wasn't Halloween. And we ran back upstairs, and we we picked up like a baseball bat, and he picked up something else, and we were going down, and we sort of go like right through the door, not opening the door, but like kind of just walking straight right through, through the it. door. Mm-hmm. And this was so where and what part of the world we was ran this? back upstairs. And we looked at the window, and we saw where it was walking and onto the side of the house, and maybe about 30 feet from the house, there, there was some kind of a ship there, which it just walked into, and then the ship just took off. And this all took place in North Bergen, in Jersey? Yep. So apparently, they, people, apparently it sounds like they've been after you for a while. Well, here's something most people don't know. One of the biggest recognized popular sightings that ever happened in the, in the early uh, 60, late 60s, Hudson County Park in North Bergen. A ship landed right middle in the park. I was fishing. It was 6.30 in the morning. It landed right in the middle of the park. And it stayed there for only a few minutes. And then it took off again. But when it took off, all the windows and the projects, the buildings around the park, shattered. Wow. And what year was it? What year was this, Tommy? In about 1960, uh, 52, 62, 65, 64. Okay, so I could look that up on the, the internet. Would they have a copy of that, or would they would they have I, I covered could that up? Pull it up. I could probably pull it up. Tell I'm me what, to think, but like during that time, uh, it was in the newspaper for one day, and, and nobody talked about it. Yeah, I, that. I've been through that myself with some other uh, UFO appearances. What kind yes, of content do you get from these visitations? What are, what is being imparted to you? What do you what learning are you getting? For me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I learned when I was little, and, and, and I know most people don't agree with me, that that it was a negative ent- form of energy that was coming. Uh, and when it was in my house, I felt it was a, definitely a threatening energy. Mm-hmm. Even though I know a person who is really famous at the Yuseti Ranch claims that it's a, a spiritual being that he works with, the, the being with the cat head. Uh, but I've been working with people for, the, for uh, 40 years now working with past life regression and people that were abducted uh, doing psychic implant removals and everything and the beings that they work with I haven't met anybody after I worked with them for at least an hour or two and brought them into further back into the, to the experience that they had ever said that it was a good experience never 
I used to debate with Bud Hopkins because he was my friend's good friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. And I mean, he claims is good and bad, which everybody wants to believe, which is fine. But for me, when I see people, I said, okay, it's a good alien. What did they do for you? Oh, they saved my life, or they helped me do this. But I mean, yeah, I I've had a number of people the same really thing. Try to help mankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, from then on. I was. I became a witch when I was 14. I was working with the top psychic in the United States at that time. Uh, I met with one of the highest uh, psychics in the, in the United States. His name was Don Lepore. Let's stay focused focused on your encounters a little bit here right, well, for a moment here. Well, what I'm saying later on, I started getting back into the UFO thing with my friend up in New Jersey. We went up to Wanakee, New Jersey, where the government actually was working with Dupont, and uh, they blew up the mountain and everything. But they closed this whole area off, so we used to go in there three or four nights, three or four nights a week, and spend four to six hours shooting anywhere from six to two hundred, uh, twelve hundred pictures a night. So you uh, actually were like a like a UFO hunter, and you were seeking out these experiences. Right. And we, what were you photographing? We met, sorry, I didn't hear you. You said you took about two hundred photos a night. What were you getting? We were getting everything from strange creatures to orbs. Uh, oh, you were getting... we, we came up. This is the. This is basically where the whole Montauk project got started from. Yeah, uh, some of our listeners don't know what. There. Excuse me, Tommy. Some some of our listeners don't know what Montauk project is. So probably uh, all of our listeners. Yeah, probably all. The, <laughs> there's probably only a few. I've ever heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should slow down well, a little bit basically, here. Basically, we had. These cloud beams, like these mist of clouds, would follow you wherever you walked. Wow. We would always see these red lights in the trees, which were like, I mean, if you put a light in a deer, deer's face, his eyes glow red, but it was like that. They were really spread apart, and they were higher up in the trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, everywhere we went, there was blue bats flying around everywhere. So this was, let me, let me just slow down a little bit here. So you're saying this was around where Montauk, Montauk, by the way, listeners, is where... Um, the the military moved their Philadelphia Experiment project to Montauk, Long Island, New York. Long Island, New that York. That was just on the news the other day. They were talking about that. Yeah. They were just talking about the Philadelphia Experiment. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Well, uh, <laughs> and wait, wait, one thing, where, one thing. This, build, this property was, um, I mean, this, all this land was, there was mountains and, and caves inside the mountains. And on the one side, there's a steel plate in the whole mountain. On the other side, it's like a concrete with, like, steel bars over it. Yes. Wow. And we tried everything to get inside there and everything. But this is in a closed area. Uh, basically, for nine months, UFOs were landing in Wanakee Reservoir, and the government sh- uh, stayed around it while it was happening, and finally uh, it ended, and they left. But they flooded the city. So and, do you think this uh, was that, you think this was mil- military okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, UFO joint expedition? Are you when you were investigating this? This was how many people? Was this a group of people? Yourself? Uh, how many people were there? Well, the friend that I became really close with doing all the UFO stuff with, he was the one that actually saw one of the first ships land in Wanakew, mm-hmm. and he was running up to it when it took off, and then the government set the whole mountain on fire to burn all the evidence because when the ship crashed into all this stuff, it kind of like put this big indentation in the ground and everything, so they just burnt everything. Mm-hmm. So that's why he started doing research there, and then the government closed it off and put all these signs, danger, ah. if you get caught here, you get shot, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, I have a but question, tried- Tommy. Hey, Tommy, can you can you substantiate any of all, any of this? Do you have any pictures, or do you have any facts that would substantiate what you're talking about? Well, there's a site, and uh, I'll say it, Sargel18, S-A-R-G-E-L. Say that again. I'll say that again. I'm writing it down. Go ahead. What? S-A-R-G-E-L-18. Okay. Sargell 18. Well, we had at least uh, 2,000, 3,000 pictures, uh, hundreds and hundreds of videos of UFOs. Uh, we actually got on TV called a show called Strange Universe, and put, he put a couple of the videos of the ships that he shot. But the problem was they're not like ships that you see all the time now, triangular ships and things like that. Right. We shot cigar ships and tubular ships and plasma ships and all that up there. You okay. know what? And Marla has a question. Yeah, Go ahead. That, that's very interesting because that when, the, when we first went to the moon and the astronauts were seeing those shaped objects, like the cigar shape. Right out the window. Yeah. Right out of the window. They got uh-huh. videotape of all that. 
Yeah. They have videotape of everything. We, we, we had tons and tons of videos of everything. So this we, is on we a website? Set up a technique and we put it on TV to tell people how to do it. You take your camera, you look where the sun is, you put it over your back, mid-afternoon, you point it to the sky, you set your camera at three-quarters the distance on, on the maximum that you can, and leave it run for an hour. But you have to watch that video in slow motion, and you have to have a really good DVD player that will play in slow motion. Mm -hmm. So that you can watch each, each frame. But the, the one that we put on TV shows you the ship, it stops, three ships shoot out of it, and that ship shoots away. But this is all happening within one split second. That's what they had on NASA when they were showing the ship was was, right. bolting, was bolting straight up and then it stopped and then it made like a 90 degree or 80 degree turn and shot out the other way. And we've seen many videos of, of well, some smaller ships going out of the other ones. What we got to do is this is such an interesting conversation. What we want to do is take a break, Renegade Nation, and when we come back, we will continue this conversation. You're listening to Extraterrestrial Contact and we'll be right back after this. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to Renegade Talk.fm in Maui. My name is Rich, along with Marla, Sasha, and of course, the ever drop-dead gorgeous. You're listening to Extraterrestrial Contact, the portal to the cosmos. Janet, I did it right. See that? You don't think so? Okay. That's my title, I, Rich. I gave it to her today. <laughs> the portal to the cosmos. Janet's taking over the show. Extraterrestrial contact. Okay. Yeah, well, I go beat Rich up. Yeah, beat me up. I like getting beat up. Anyway, you're listening to Extraterrestrial Contact with Sasha and, of course, uh, Janet. Janet. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at machines. You know, I'm like a. You know, just leave me alone, will you? Leave me alone. Anyway, so. so right, well, would you get an ET over here to fix this mess? Oh, yeah, I need an ET to fix my computer mess over here. Anyway, so. Uh, Back we, to we, Tommy. We're back to Tommy, and uh, Tommy's explaining more in detail about his UFO experiences, and I'm going to hand it over to Janet. So, okay. Yes, Tommy, could you finish your story you were telling us? We were, we were hanging. In. Okay, so up in Wanakew, we were always up there. We, we used to get there about 12 o'clock and walk into the woods by, and stay there until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. So as I was saying, there's these cloud myths, myth things, whatever, would follow you. You'd be walking in the dark, we always had little flashlights and everything, but you turn around and you see this white, white bullish cloud in back of you, and they, if you walk towards it, it would just move away from you. Wherever we would walk, they would follow us. There was a river, and it was actually where they actually blew up the mines in, in the 1900s, and uh, we crossed those rivers to get to this kind of place where it was secluded from everywhere, and we saw so many things from... And there's pictures of this. I mean, if you go into a site, you can see some of these pictures, but uh, you'd be walking, and these two giant ball lights kind of would just be like 10 feet in front of your face. And, and it would be like somebody was shining a giant flashlight at you, but they would like kind of just move and just go straight up. What did you feel when they were um, around you? Were well, you afraid? I, I think I was only ever really afraid one time in my life, and that's when I was close to a creature somewhere else but not in this area I had two two flashlights a knife a staff and I always felt protected for myself mm -hmm. so when these creatures would come there was one time this, we, were right, we were right next to the, the river and we heard splash 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 and it was like somebody was running down the river mm -hmm. and my friend says just keep taking pictures take, take pictures wow. I shot a bunch of pictures I got these orbs trailing something leaving a red beam coming from it and then this little ship comes flying right across in front of me. I got a picture of that even. Amazing. And then uh, that just disappeared. And then all of a sudden later that night, we heard this loud scream. I mean, it kind of sounded like every movie you ever saw of a dragon, how a dragon would screech. Wow. And then we heard giant flapping of the wings. And I mean, it couldn't have been like, it could have been a thousand times bigger than any giant eagle or anything. It was just so big. And we heard, boom, boom. And we, and we were trying to shoot pictures, and then, like, part of the mountain, the rocks just started falling down. Because it kind of landed, but we couldn't see it. The next day, we went there, and we actually got the footprint of the, of the claw inside the ground where it landed. But uh, when we traveled this area, there was so many different things that my friend actually has the photographs of. I mean, we saw fish flying through the air. 
we we <laughs> would love to see these photographs. What what I think we're going to have you do is uh, email us some pictures and we'll put them on our website. Uh, but uh, let's take a little That's break That's a really here. good idea. Yeah, That's a great idea. See. You we'll just said what I was thinking, What's yeah, that? Janet. I was thinking the same thing. What were you thinking about? Get some of these photos so we oh, can yeah. put them on the site. I'd love to see these photos. Now, Sasha, from the other side of it, from yeah. the, psych, the psycho side. Well, I'd say we, you know, we, we've uh, hypnotized John Mack and uh, Barbara Lamb and myself and a lot of other uh, researchers have hypnotized and regressed lots and lots of people. And some encounters are really wonderful for the people encountered. They, the things that, uh, like their back out of whack gets cured and stuff like that. Others are neutral. Uh, or uncaring, these like the abductors are just going about their business, checking the humans out, or doing even biological experiments on them without any regard for the, what the humans feel about it. But then there are some that are truly malevolent, uh, where the the uh, intention is to scare and intimidate the, the people. So there seems to be there's all different kinds now, just as there was in ancient times, of uh, encounters with. Uh, non-terrestrials or non-ordinary human beings. Okay, so the ones, got a okay, I have a question for you. The ones that Tommy saw, what would you put, what, what class would you put them into? Uh, it sounds like Tommy was dealing with uh, a, a creature that was either trying to scare him or it sounds like get off on fear. That's what it sounds like. I'm going to put it in one of the categories. It's, it's the ones that like to scare. Well, let me give you a little background. There's these uh, close encounters uh, was coined by J. Allen Hynek, and it was further made famous by Steven Spielberg in his movie *Close Encounters of the Third Kind*. That was a great movie. So what, what the what I'm reading here, what I, I found here, is a first a, a, a close encounter of the first kind is you sight a UFO, a UFO, and, and you don't know what it is. So it's UFO because it's unidentified. You don't know what it is. Second, uh, close encounters of the second kind is you have the sighting plus you get some kind of physical effect. Like you might have burns on your body or there's something in the ground that's left behind or there's markings. The third, close encounter of the third kind is when you actually see the occupants. And the close encounter of the fourth kind is when you have an abduction experience. So... An like, occupant? Is stage three? What, what is an occupant? Uh-oh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> My mic faded yeah. off. Uh, close encounter of the fourth kind is a human is abducted by a UFO or its occupants. Okay. And there's cases where it's not just abducted. It's where the uh, person is actually going to uh, rendezvous with the extraterrestrial. In ancient times, it was even be brought back to Nibiru, the home planet, to meet Anu. Okay, let's go oh, back. So it sounds uh, like Tommy. Go ahead, Martin. No, that what he saw here were they diff from different planets? Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah uh, very, very often the uh, the people that were uh, in the astronaut corps would wear helmets. Characteristically, in the astronaut corps, they wore eagle helmets, but they had different shaped helmets, uh, and that's part of their rank and uh, how they dealt with the radiation on Earth, which is much greater because it's closer to the sun than their home planet. Uh, one more thing. Some of the things Tommy is explaining sounds like a spirit. Like you, you can have encounters with spirits of people. And some of what he's saying is like that. So. Right. So we don't really know, uh, Tommy, if your experiences were extraterrestrial or interdimensional. Yeah. If they were, you know, beings, demons. Uh, they're, they're, our history is full of all these phenomenon. So, um, but you're saying that you saw different beings. One was like a dragon. You saw a uh, crap. What, what did you, what was your conclusion? What were you experiencing? What was your conclusion? Well, what, for me, I realized most of them were interdimensional beings. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we know for a fact, we classified the word vortex, one or two vortex. We, we made that name uh, 18 years ago. What is that you're saying? Uh, vortex. Vortex. Oh, vortex, uh-huh. Vortex. It's a place where after the Montauk Project happened, they put a rip in the vortex by going through time, which is allowing all these weird things to come through it. So you, you, you notice, think this is a... Over 15 years, everybody's starting to see spirits, entities, and all kinds of things are coming through it. Oh, you know, Tommy, I've heard that. I've heard that um, by a medium about five years ago. 
So you're saying that this is this is Montauk may have created the Montauk is where they did the time uh, travel and um, teleportation experiments. You're saying that they may have caused a rip in time, and these beings right. are come through a vortex. That's a definite because, like, uh, I mean, I mean, I know you know about Peter Moon and all those people, Al Bielik and all the people that were involved with the Montauk Project, but it was the Philadelphia Experiment that started it when the first ship disappeared in time, uh, and they went back and then they went forward in time. But I, I was close to them, and he was offered the $4 million to go back in time to kill somebody because somebody got killed when they went back there the first time. Hey Tommy, they and say Tommy, they uh, excuse me. They say about that, you know, the, the Philadelphia project and that they made a ship go in time. They can't even make a car right these days. So it had to be <laughs> <laughs> we can't make anything right here. So it had to be a higher being that 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 and I saw that interview with that gentleman that was the engineer chief engineer on the Philadelphia project and it was kind of like weird. The whole thing was like kind of weird. Do you agree or disagree well, with that? Well, this I know for a fact Nikolai Tesla was working with an alien. Right. Okay, so the only, like I said, they can't make they can't make cars right. How can they do and make a ship or anything travel through time when they can't even make things right on this planet work correctly? Well, I know Fred Bell, who actually took apart the UFO ships they found and re- rebuilt them, and that's what the government created the Aurora and the Delphi ships from. I, I know the people that were involved. I mean, even Tesla, the friend of mine, was actually one of the people that found his notes, and he talked about that. Work with the sailing, and that's where he came up with time travel, uh, free energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, look at the Tesla car now; it's like one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Okay, getting but back, that, getting getting back to the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That movie was so dramatic, and the, and he and I remember the actor was building the mountain where the UFO was going to show right. up. Now, they were all told something. All these people were told something, and they were all from different walks of life, if I can recall that correctly. Right, yeah. Sasha, if you right. if I'm missing something, help me here. Yeah. So they were from different parts of life, different, all different lives, and all of a sudden end up in the middle of the desert in this mountain where this, this UFO is coming in. So, you know, and this is going back in the earlier conversation with Janet. How, how is this all being uh, arrived at, and how is a director in Hollywood coming up with these stories? I mean, there's, something's coming from somewhere. How does somebody think that out? I mean, I couldn't think that out. That is based on reality. How does Steven Spielberg come up with this script? Well, he's involved with all the UFO information completely. He took every fact. When he did his series, that six-part series uh, show, Taken. he took every fact he had about UFOs and put it into that series. Right. Well, Taken was made in around 2000. Where's he, where's he getting all I remember that. Do you have any idea where he's getting? Is he, uh, is he in contact with extraterrestrials like Nikola Tesla was? Or what's your sources say? Well, I've been around so many people that claim to work with aliens and stuff like that and then they're involved with people that write scripts and I think everything that's being brought out now if you watch everything that comes out in the next six months you'll see everything that's going to happen for the next year as far as the whole UFO world goes they're, they're putting the information out there and here's something that I just want to throw this in real fast Okay. the New World Order has to say what they do before they can do it they're going to blow up the United States they will say it why, so why is that, Tommy? Say it before they do it. Why do, why, what, what's the reason? It's bragging that they're going to do it, and there's nothing we can do about it? What's going no, on? No, it's, it's a part of their spiritual truth. Like, I don't know. If I went to Denver Airport right after they built it. Yes. It, in the floor, in the main floor, it's a U.S. New World Order. Right. They were just... And then it, wow, um, I didn't know that. And they had the four murals around there of dead babies, black babies, native babies. Yeah, let's slow down a little bit. They, yeah, well, people yeah, don't understand down. that. Okay, so it, what's happened at the Denver airport is they had this um, mural that was uh, basically pretty apocalyptic. and It was very uh, gross, actually. And it showed uh, people burning up and dying and, and dissolving and, and skeletons and and people are walking into the Denver airport and they go, what? Is, what are they it having? Sound, this is a mural. It sounds and like I think those, two murals, over, those two murals are still there. Is They're that, still that, there. My question is, is, yeah. is, 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 can you see that today? You can see it today. There you go. And I was in that airport and I never found, I never saw it. So, you know, where, that's where really is, Do you know where it is? Well, have you been Just go online and type Denver Airport. Denver Airport. All the pictures and paintings. Wow. So the, basically that's the New World Order and the, the story is that there's a huge underground uh, government uh, UFO, whatever well, what installation say, there. Go ahead. Like, uh, I went back here a year later. They mm-hmm. ripped it out of the floor and put a fouling over where it said U.S. New World Order. 
Okay. What I'm saying is, they gave the warning and they showed it. They showed it to the world. And then they ripped it up and put a fountain over it. Took some of the murals. They left two murals up, but they took the rest of them down. I mean, they still got the big blue horse with the red eyes in front. Right. And if Jesse Ventura did the special on that. Yeah, and Jesse. Yeah, we, yeah. Were, oh, yeah. we were watching him, and he's off. Yeah, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> we we try to get him on the air here, and, and yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. We might get him yet. Uh, you might, yeah, we I, might. Yeah. I have a connection, and well, Tommy yeah, has maybe your connection That'd be will great. work. So go ahead, Tommy. So uh, the point being is... Yeah, what is the point here? I mean, where we... Are we ha- well, the point is, that's made for ships to land. That's made for UFO landing. Is that, that airport. Okay, Denver is, Airport. Is that why this pilot uh, Monday evening reported seeing a UFO over Denver? Yeah, what's going on? What do you think? Well, there's a there's a report that a, that a private uh, a pilot flying a, a jet, okay, a private jet saw a UFO. Mm-hmm. He saw something fly by him. And he had to take evasive action to get out of the way because he was going to. He thought he was going to crash into it. And they don't. And then right. they're they're saying they're saying it was a bird, and they're saying it was a drone, and they're saying it well, was a it was a CVS pharmacy or whatever they they want to say right. that's sitting up there. But the bottom line is, you're saying Denver is a focal point for this whole all this activity. Right. And this it's happened yesterday. Well, NORAD is too. Yeah, yeah. That's, NORAD's in Denver. That's and, exactly and, right. And 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 well, uh, but this. Denver Airport is is the base. It goes it goes sixty four levels down. I have a friend that was down sixteen levels. Wow. Right. All right, we we got to take a break. Let's, we got to take a break. Let's continue this conversation where we left off. And uh, you're listening to Renegade Talk FM in Maui. It's extraterrestrial contact, and we'll be right back for a more interesting conversation. I can't wait. More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to RenegadeTalk.fm in Maori, where we don't sugarcoat shit. My name is Richie, along with the ever drop dead gorgeous Marla, and of course, Sasha. You're listening to Extraterrestrial <laughs> Contact. And Janet. to the cosmos. I know I hit the post that time. You did it. I did. I, yes, I did. I did so. You did not. Hey, welcome to the show, Renegade Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Always on my ass, never yeah. stops. We got Tommy in from uh, someplace in the world. Yeah. Operator error over there. Yeah, I'm an operator error. That's because I've been drinking all night. You, you won't leave me alone. Anyway, we're going to continue on with our uh, conversation in regards to uh, identified flying objects with Sasha. And Sasha. And, and alien beings. And alien beings. And Tommy, you're going to talk about the religious aspects of this well, and where does everything fit in. We're going to hand it over to Sasha. And go ahead, Sasha. So, to give you a little background on this, 450. 50,000 years ago, uh, people from the planet Nibiru came to Earth to get gold. And uh, one of their leaders, um, there was about to be a rebellion by the astronauts that were digging. They just didn't come for that. And uh, so uh, this fellow named Anki fomented a, a mutiny and said, look, it, we'll graft our genes onto the genes of Homo erectus here and we'll make mine slaves. And so they first made the first set of mind slaves, Homo erectus plus their genes, which gave us Neanderthal. And then, uh, and the first of these uh, type humans was called the Adamu, or Adam, is the way the Bible people wrote it up several thousand years later. But the other, the next uh, kind of humans they made were uh, the super uh, slaves. Uh, the Cro-Magnons, and this, and that basically, uh, there were millions after a while of these Earthlings, and there were only a, something like a thousand of these uh, miners and uh, so-called gods from Nibiru. They said we're gods and we're we live forever, which was certainly not true. They certainly lived a long time, but uh, one of them, uh, the smartest one, a fellow named Adapa. Uh, Enoch is what he gets translated to in the Bible, insisted, I want to live forever too. So they actually gave him a rocket ship, sent him with Enki's two sons back to Nibiru, and uh, where he was going to ask the king of Nibiru for whatever it took to make him uh, live forever, really long lived like the uh, people on Nibiru. But there was a little tablet that uh, Enki gave to the king saying, don't make him live forever. And basically... This was an illegal species. You're not allowed to, uh, by the rules these guys went by, you're not allowed to make these species. And the commander on Earth, another son of, of, of King Anu, said, let's let them all die when the polar ice cap slides into the South Sea and inundates the Earth. And, I, and I'm going to, furthermore, 
uh, swear every all the the uh, Nibirans on Earth to not tell the humans or they'll mob the spaceport and we won't be able to get off. This so basically, they're talking about us, right? About us, yeah. And so what happened is, uh, Enki said, "I'm not going to let this happen." He gave a computer program to Noah, his who is his biological son, and uh, so that they could make it submersible and be saved. And then they decided, look, we're going to rule Earth through this line uh, of Noah and we'll sort of be the gods and uh, everybody can uh, serve us. As a matter of fact, when one of the, the so-called gods, Marduk, started building his own space station, uh, en- Enlil, the commander, bombed it, and this is the Tower of Babel, and said, let's, let's pit them against each other. And so ever since then, and right up to this day, we have been pitted against each other in the form of religions, in the form of nations, money, in the terms of Whatever. commercial enterprises. But it's really all being run by those who stayed on Earth after they, uh, these Nibirans nuked uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and the uh, communities on the south side of, of the Dead Sea, making it dead and bombed out the uh, spaceport in Sinai. Most of them went back through their spaceport in Tiwanaku. But some stayed, and some are still here, as are their androids. Okay, so Tommy, do you do you how? see? Okay, do you do, no, do you see where he's coming from, and how this relates to what's happening right now? We got this election coming up. The economies are all faltering. All of these actions are going on based on the religious aspects of, of all of this. Where, where, where's your head at? Well, for me, I'm I'm more concerned about the spiritual side of what's happening to the human race because. They've been following false gods or alien gods most of their lives. Okay, well, that's, that, that's what Sasha's talking about. Yes. Yes. That's what he's talking about, these alien gods and, and, and all of this stuff. And then we've been brainwashed in the middle, so we don't know what the hell's going they on. They erase our well, memory. I, these are not gods. I, this isn't Krishna. This is not the creator of all, the prime creator. These are just guys with high tech. Okay, so these are guys with high tech. So, so based on all your experiences and when you listen to Sasha say what he says, where do you come? Where, what's your feelings about it all? Well, for me, I, I look at it this way. The spiritual side, there is only one teacher on this planet, and I hate to say it because most people think religion is like, not really important. I mean, outside of religion, if you're not a Christian or, or, or a Jewish person, or if you're not following specific religions, New Age people are so against religions. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because people that are in religion don't follow their own rules. <laughs> that so makes true. it not believable. But by the same token... From what I experienced, I became aware of most of my lifetimes with the beings, with, with, the, with the different races, with, with, with every, every aspect of my life. The only person that I have ever met for anything spiritual was Jesus. And he was a physical being, but he didn't teach anything that they put in the Bible. I mean, he was teaching things that they didn't even put in the Bible. Well, I think what they did in the Bible is, and I think Joshua will, will say this too, they, they misinterpreted the Bible. They, the, the, how you interpret, I'm sorry, how you interpret the Bible is by some scholar. That's what, how he'll interpret it, but I could interpret it a whole different way. They were trying to make a monotheistic, well, nationalistic even, religion well, that uh, would unify Hold on, Tommy. All right, hold, hold on, go ahead. Hold on, Tommy, let's uh, speak. Hold on. Uh, the the famers of the Bible were trying... Tommy, hold on for a second. Go ahead. The framers of the Bible, 4,000 years uh, later, after the history had been meticulously recorded by lots of civilizations, merged all the various uh, Nibirans as gods into a single monotheistic god to give uh, the Canaanites a single religion, make a nation out, out of them. Um, but that's, that's just a... Uh, a distortion of history, and of course, the conservative people in the various religions—Islam, um, um, Judaism, and Christianity—don't want to look at the uh, vast written evidence that the uh, Sumerians have left us. But how does this affect us now? That's why we're, th- th- this war, right th- now we're pitted against each other, We've so been that we don't realize that if we all got together and exercised the sanction of nullity and stopped participating in the matrix as it is, it'll fall apart. Yes, we, if we get together, they're finished. And not just finished, but they'll re- greet us as partners in the planetary uh, system. Uh, we ha- we'll have a unitary uh, cooperative system that can deal with other unitary okay. cooperative systems. I have a question for you, Sasha, and Tommy, you too. Now, when it comes into this election that's coming up, we have a Mormon and we have Obama. Uh, how is the uh, extraterrestrials dealing with this? Because um, Romney's a Mormon. You know, you got a different type of religion versus this other religion from Obama. Now they're saying, 
saying Obama did, was born in Kenya, and it's all over the news about this, and, and, and a lot of stuff is coming out. So this distraction, uh, are we being distracted to a point so people can make their moves and changes and to make... Yeah, we have to I, distinguish between religion and spirituality. You can get into uh, contact with uh, the larger... Uh, this is a holographic universe. The creator of all, the good that's in everything and everyone runs through every cell in the universe and we're, we are in every cell too. All we have to do is feel our unity and the loving oneness that we are will become apparent to us. But when we see the ETs, Tommy, and these ETs, the extraterrestrials are floating around, what are they actually looking for and why are they looking at us? Or are there, are there other planets that are inhabited by humans? Is, is that, well, can you say anything about have, that? We yes. have Mars inhabited by humans and Venus inhabited by humans by a few humans. A few humans go to uh, Venus. Humans live right. on Nibiru, but which goes around the, the dark star. Side, I look at it totally different because uh, if you want to talk about spiritual, spiritual has nothing to do with the physical realm, even though we make it that way. Okay, Tommy, I Sasha mean, wants to say one thing. Go ahead, Sasha. There's humans living on Nibiru, too. When you center yourself, you embrace both the mundane and the spiritual. You don't cut off one or the other. And so that part of what we're doing is to re broaden our self-concept bigger and bigger till it includes everything and everyone. And then we're one with the metacosmic void, which can generate everything as Leela or divine play, in my opinion. Okay, so I, I think that we have had enough today to for you to play this show over and over and over again, because there's a lot of information that came out through Sasha and Janet and, of course, Tommy. Yes, Marla. Oh, I'm just watching you and listening to you, thinking how great this show is. Oh, and I, really I wish it's, we didn't have to stop. I don't want to stop, but we need to continue this every <laughs> Thursday like we've been doing and have Tommy on along with Sasha and Janet to make this mix in. And, of course, Janet, I think you've had other people that can come on also and talk, uh, and, and talk yeah, about we can, these stories. And Tommy's got connections, too. And Tommy has so connections, we can too. keep going and yeah. we can do 100 hours. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and Janet, we, we want to hear the progression of your story. I will be uh, sharing be more too. about yeah. my abduction experiences I, right. as well. Thank I, you. I actually think we're going to have to format this show because the other shows we never format, but this show we might have to format out. No. No, you don't want to do that? We're renegade. Okay. Okay. Screw yeah. the media. <laughs> the ostrich media. Wipe our feet on the format. Yeah. Say, say what? Clean your feet on the format. Clean your feet on the format. Tommy, th Tommy, thank you so much for That's being with one. us. We would definitely like to have you on again. Janet, again, thank you for bringing Tommy thank on. You. Sasha, thank you. Always a pleasure. Aloha. Marla. Rich. The portal to the cosmos. Extraterrestrial contact. You're listening to Extra Terrestrial Contact, the portal to the cosmos.